Good morning, New Hope. It is so good to see everybody, and time goes by so fast. I think last week was Mother's Day, and I didn't get to see you, but it feels like so long since then, so I'm happy to be here and, and thankful to see everyone with us this morning. I have a couple announcements before we get started today. So the car wash and the youth camp out was rescheduled, which y'all know Saturday was beautiful, so that made me sad, but... The campout goes with it. So this Saturday and this Friday night and Saturday is the youth campout at my pond at my house. And then we're doing the car wash out here this Saturday morning. So please, members, bring your cars. Get them dirty this week. We're ready to serve you and to wash those for a fundraiser. And also, Saturday is going to be a wonderful day for our church family because Gospel on the Grounds is Saturday at 4 o'clock. And that's going to be an incredible event with music from people all around here, um, bands, individuals. I hear some cute kids are singing also. And there'll be food and fellowship. So please, everyone, put on your calendar Saturday for church because car wash in the morning and gospel on the grounds at 4. Um, the youth also are starting a softball league, and they start this Friday with their first game. So we're going to do that as part of our weekend. We're going to support the youth in the softball game. Um, and after the service is the business meeting to vote for the preschool director. So please stay and put your vote in afterwards. All right, let us pray. Dear Heavenly Father, creator of the universe, we come before you this morning in thankfulness for this beautiful day, for these people that are with us, for the congregation of family that we, you've given us, Lord. And we, we thank you for all of those around us, for those that are online, for those that can't be here that, that long to be with us. We pray for them, and we thank you for all of them, Lord. We pray your spiritual blessings upon everyone in this room and that are not in this room, Lord. We pray that you open our eyes to the truths of your word, of your scripture, and that you, you close our ears to all of those other things that we hear that are not from you. We ask that you prepare us to worship you, and in song, and in prayer, and in scripture, Lord. We pray that you will guide us through your truths so that we can change our life for you each day. That you create in us a, a, a heart that is willing to learn. Lord, I'm thankful for the things that I still learn and, and grow on each day, Lord, that I'm in your word. And I pray that each of us humble our hearts and our, our intellectual minds so that we can form those into your teachings. And not what the world is telling us, Lord, but what you have spoken. I am so thankful to be here and to worship with everyone in your honor and in your glory, Father. We give you all the praise and our focus and our love and our devotion. And in your name, we all pray. Amen.
bless the Lord. Amen. Amen. I pray that your cup is full, it's overflowing with the living water. Today we're kicking off a new series called Encounter Life, and it's a, a four-week outreach series based on material provided by Every Home for Christ. The series is going to take us through a, a journey of, of, of inspiration to love what Jesus loves, to, to love what He loves, and to, pre, to prepare us to take part in pursuing the heart of Jesus, and that is the lost. And so this is going to equip us to share Jesus' love the way that, that He did, by meeting people where they are. After the service today, I'm going to ask, or, or maybe during the invitation, okay, if you want to come down and, and pick up your kit, okay, there's one here for everybody. I want everybody here today to have one of these kits to take home with you. It's got an overview of the next four weeks that we're going to be looking at. It's got some engager uh, handouts that we can use, um, uh, a, 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 an app for your phone, uh, different materials, um, in order to help us become more equipped to reach this lost and dying world that we're living in. You know, everybody can share Jesus. Everybody can share Jesus' love, but the thing about it is fear is often a feeling that keeps us from sharing Christ. Very, you know, there's a lot of different aspects of that, of that fear. In fact, a recent survey found that 85% of the Christians want to share their faith, but they don't because of three main things that hold them back. Those are feeling inadequate, like I don't feel qualified or I'm not a good enough Christian. Is that you? A fear of confrontation? You know, that you're going to start an argument with somebody? and uh, You know, that you don't want to be pushy or, or put someone on defense? Maybe that one's you. Or, or maybe it's just feeling ill-equipped. Like, I don't, know, I don't know what to say or where to start. There's a pretty good chance that if you're having concerns about sharing your faith with people, you fall into one of those three categories. Do you find yourself, when I read those, thinking, hey, that's me. I don't want to share because of I don't feel comfortable. I don't want to start uh, an involved discussion with somebody. Well, our goal through this study is that we'll come to see evangelism not with fear, but with an opportunity and a, and a joy of confidence that will be overflowing, that that the overflowing living water will flow from us. The good news of the gospel will, will flow over out of us into other people around us. We've already had several opportunities to share the gospel this year through church events like the, the Spring in the Missions, the, the Pancake Breakfast, the, uh, the mission projects that we've done. <clears throat> there are going to be times coming up around the corner. Vacation Bible School. Uh, next week, the Gospel on the Grounds, the the car wash next weekend, uh, summer outreach programs, mission uh, nights, back to school bash, um, prayer walks, on your vacation, while you're shopping. Okay, there's going to be opportunities galore. All you have to do is see somebody that you don't know. Maybe somebody you do know. Okay. And, 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 and so hopefully over the next couple of weeks, we're going to be better equipped to share God's love. 
with those around us. You know, everyone I talk to, it seems like, especially those in church, they agree that, that we're living in, in uncharted waters. We're living in uncharted times. Amen. The things that are happening today have never happened before. The things that are happening today are, 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 are beyond the things that we would probably expect. The things that are happening today, though, are also found in Scripture saying that it's the signs of the time. Folks, we're living in a, in a broken world, and, and it's broken because of the sin of, uh, of, of the world and it's the absence of and the, the rejection of Christ in our world. And because of that, because of the rejection of Christ, our world is plummeting into the pits of hell. And so the question is, are we helping fix our neighborhoods? Are we, are we helping fix our country or the world? Are we part of the problem or are we being a part of the solution? In the coming weeks, if, if you want to, if it's your desire, our study together will, will make us more comfortable to meet people where they are with the good news. And so as we begin right now, Get your mind in that, in that place. Whether you either want to be a part of that and you want to be a part of fulfilling God's commission in your life, you want to be a part of following God's command that He tells us to do, or not. And so our first message in this series comes out of John chapter 4. Now turn with me, if you will, to John chapter 4. Uh, we're verses 1 through 42, and it's the story of the woman at the well, okay? We've probably all heard it. It's been a while since you've heard it if you've been sitting in here because it's been a long time since I've preached it. Um, but nevertheless, it demonstrates Jesus' true passion for people, okay? It, it, it demonstrates His love for people, and He offers living water to a woman that's been shamed and rejected by her culture, by society. It's a story Jesus shows us that His love and His grace is for everyone. It's through this story that Jesus invites us to have the same passion that He has for the law. John 4 tells the story we commonly refer to as the woman at the well. It's one of the most iconic encounters that Jesus had in the Gospels, but it starts simply. There was Jesus, there was a woman, and there was a well. Uh, let's consider this well for a moment. Scholars believe the well was 135 feet deep, which means every time this woman needed water, she had to pull a heavy bucket up over 13 stories to get a drink. I wonder if as she pulled that bucket up, she thought, this was my husband's job. He was the one who used to provide for me, but not anymore. She was abandoned and had to fend for herself. In fact, she had been abandoned by so many men that she didn't even talk to Jesus when she arrived. But before she can leave, Jesus asks, will you give me a drink? She answers, you're a Jew and I'm a Samaritan. How can you ask me for a drink? 
these differences may not mean much to us, but imagine if she said, you're a Christian and I'm a Muslim. It was a divide clear to everyone in her day, everyone except Jesus. He explained, I asked you for a drink, but if you asked me for one, you will never be thirsty again. <laughs> this is an incredible claim. After all, we know science tells us that we cannot live without water. We're designed to drink liquids. It's necessary for our joints, our brain, our hearts, our digestive system. When we drink water, it literally zaps our body with life. If we don't drink it, we start to die. The woman likely did not fully understand the science behind drinking water, but she knew what it felt like to be thirsty. She told Jesus, you don't even have a bucket. Where are you going to get this water from? He said, if you drink the water I give you, you will never thirst again, but have a wellspring of eternal life. Think of how this must have sounded from her perspective. Jesus is sitting at a well with no bucket and talking to a Samaritan woman about eternal living water. She asked, where can I get this water so I don't have to come to the well anymore? And do you know how Jesus answered? He said, call your husband and come back. She said, I'm not married. And Jesus said, you're right, but you were married five times and the man you have now is not your husband. Now in this culture, a woman could not divorce her husband. That means she was abandoned five times, discarded five times. Imagine her eyes filling with tears, her head spinning as she asked Jesus, how did you know that? He goes on to explain that he is the Messiah. And she knows it's true. She's not thinking about the water anymore. She's focused on Jesus. Now it's important to realize the woman in this story looks right past Jesus and focuses on her immediate need. This is something that happens to us all of the time. We're so busy with what we need in the moment that we look past the one who is the never ending source of life. We're so busy looking for something to eat that we forget the one who makes the plants grow. We are so busy looking for a bit of creative inspiration, we forget to look to the one who created everything. Yes, this woman had a real need, a drink of water, but there was a much deeper need for her withered and thirsty soul. She needed someone to see her. She desperately needed someone to acknowledge her worth. And this happens so much in the story of Jesus. We're looking for one thing, but he understands that deep down, there's something else that we need so much more. She started out looking for water, but what she needed was to be rescued from her circumstances and decisions. She needed the same thing we all need, the wellspring of life that only Jesus can bring. John chapter four, verse four. Says now he had to go through Samaria. So he came to a town in Samaria called Sychar near the plot of ground Jacob had given to his son, Joseph. Jacob's well was there and Jesus, tired as he was from the journey, sat down by the well. It was about the sixth hour. <clears throat> Remember as he made a point there that the Jews hated Samaritans. So they would go miles and miles out of their way not to have to go through Samaria, not have to encounter 
the Samaritans. But it says that he, that Jesus had to go there. Jesus had to go there. Folks, there was somebody there that Jesus had to meet, that he needed to meet, that he made sure he was going there. He pursued this woman. Okay? Think about that. He pursued this woman. Yes, he knew there may be backlash from the, from the Jewish community for him going into Samaria and, 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 and meeting with the, the Samaritan woman. But that was okay with him. He was willing to forego the backlash of his culture, of his society, of his, of his people in order to meet her where she was. Let's ask ourselves this morning, are we willing to meet people where they are in order to introduce them to the love of Jesus? Are we willing to do that? He goes on in verse 7. It says, When a Samaritan woman came to draw water, Jesus said to her, Will you give me a drink? And in verse 9 it says, The Samaritan woman said to him, You are a Jew and I am a Samaritan woman. How can you ask me for a drink? She came to the well at the hottest part of the day. Around noon, 1 o'clock, somewhere around there. And she came at that time because she knew nobody else would be there. And so she had a bit of shame in her heart. She had that feeling of rejection. And so she went when she knew she would be alone, where she would not meet anybody else. Because you see, everybody else knew her. They knew her past. She was an outcast. No one wanted to associate with her except for Jesus. Except for Jesus. And so she was astonished that here this Jewish man was sitting at the well, not only just would speak to her, but go to the next step and ask her for a drink. It says in verse 10, Jesus answered her, <clears throat> If you knew the gift of God and, and who it is that asked you for a drink, you would, ask, you would have asked him, and he would have given you living water. Jesus had to go to Samaria. He had to go to Sychar. And he, he had to go and meet this woman because this woman was in need of His love and His grace. And He takes the initiative. He goes, He takes the initiative and, and encounters her where she is. And in that encounter, he winds up offering her uh, a new beginning, a new hope, and a new life Amen. for where she is. And, and folks, that is for everybody. That same hope and that same new beginning and that same new life is available to anyone that would receive it. If we will. And so I ask ourselves, are we willing to do what we can to offer new life and new hope and a new beginning to those around us? Are we willing to step out of our comfort zone and to meet those where they are that don't know Jesus? Or is there something holding us back? Maybe those three uh, reasons that I mentioned earlier. Are we ready? Are we willing? Or is there something holding us back? If we look at this story and we see where 
that Jesus had to go there and he met this woman, he simply started a conversation with her. Can I have a cup of water? How hard would that be in a conversation with someone? Could I have a cup of water? Hey, could I borrow your pen? I was given this pen this morning. And it says, Jesus is the light of the world and it lights up. Amen. You know, what an awesome way to start a conversation with somebody. Oh, never mind, I have a pen. Look. <laughs> or maybe somebody asks you for a pen and you pull one of these out. Okay, so he, he simply started a conversation with this woman asking her for a drink of water. He planted a seed and then he turned the conversation to her spiritual needs. Jesus is the light of the world. What, what does that mean? Do you know Jesus as, as your Lord and Savior? Do you have the light of Jesus in your heart? Do you have the overflowing living water flowing from you abundantly like, like Christ calls us to? It says in verse 11 through 15, <clears throat> it says, Sir, the woman said, you have nothing to draw with, and the well is deep. Where can you get this living water? Are you greater than our father Jacob who gave us the well and drank from it himself? as did also his son and his livestock. And Jesus answered, Everyone who drinks <clears throat> this water will, will be thirsty again. But whoever drinks the water that I give them will never thirst. Indeed, the water I give them will become in them a spring of water welling up into eternal life. And the woman said, Sir, give me this water so that I won't, be <clears throat> so I won't get thirsty and I have to keep coming here to draw water. That, uh, that, that welling up means that, that our desire to share the gospel, to share our story, that's gonna, we, we're going to see in this story, wells up in this woman where she can't contain it anymore and it overflows, okay? And it abundantly flows from her telling about her story and telling about how Jesus gave her hope and gave her a new, a new beginning and a new life. So do we have that in our in our hearts. Jesus simply said to her and to us, ask for it and you will receive it. Amen. Ask for it and you receive it. There was no argument here between Jesus and, and the woman. He didn't beat her up for her past. He didn't knock her down for the way she'd been living. He simply told her that he had something for her need. He didn't beat her down. He didn't tell her how, how bad she was. He gave her the opportunity to see Him for who He really is. In verse 16 through 18, He says, He told her, Go call your husband and come back. She replied, I have no husband. Jesus said to her, You are right. And when you say you have no husband, the fact is, You've had five husbands, and the man you're with now is not your husband. What you have just said is quite true. 
he recognizes in her her loss. He knows what she's been through. These five men had rejected her, had divorced her, had set her out. Maybe some of them had died. We don't know for sure. But these men basically had, had rejected her and, and put her out, and the sixth man didn't want to commit to her either. He wasn't her husband either. Jesus was telling her that he would never reject her, that he would never reject her, and he will never reject us either. Praise God. Praise God. And she's hearing this. She's met this man for the very first time, and he tells her about her life story what she's been through, the people that she's met, the people that she's lived with and been married to, and, and, and lays it all out. And in verse 19, she says, Sir, I can see that you're a prophet. I can see that you're a prophet. So do you, do you hear her now? She's, she's seeing Jesus differently, not just as a, a Jewish, uh, you know, a strange Jewish man that wound up at the well, in, in a Sumerian town. Her perception of him changes to see him as the prophet. When they met, he was just a Jewish man. Now she sees him as a prophet. Do we see Jesus as our Savior? as our Lord? Do we see Jesus as the giver of our hope? You see, Jesus offered her living water. He offered her eternal life in spite of her past. What about your past? What about the things in your life? Maybe there's some things in your life that you're not happy with. Maybe you're like this woman Maybe you have a shameful past, things that you don't want to admit, things that you don't, don't want to talk about, things you don't want to bring up again. Amen. You see, Jesus knew her past, and He said, that's okay. That's okay. It's not about the past. It's about today going forward. He knew everything about her past, and folks, He knows everything about our past. Amen? He knows every idle word, every thought we've had, every action we've taken. Good and not so good. And He still offers us that eternal life. He wants to do the same thing for us that He did for this woman. He wants to offer us that eternal hope that she found. Do you know Him as your Lord, as your Savior? Do you have that hope of eternal life that only comes through Him? Jumping forward from John chapter 4 to John chapter 7, verse 37 and 38, listen to what's said there. It says, On that last day, the great day of the feast, Jesus stood up and cried out, saying, If anyone thirsts, let him come to me and drink. He who believes in me, as the Scripture has said, out of his heart will flow rivers of living water. That welling up, we can't contain the good news. We can't hold the good news to ourselves. That, that welling up, the, the rivers of flowing water flow from us to tell the people of His goodness. You see, once we receive that living water, that living water should flow from us abundantly 
to those around us. And so the question is, is it? Is it flowing from us today? Or are we more like the Dead Sea? Stagnant and and have no movement. Going back to John chapter 4, verse 25 and 26, look what she says. The woman said to him, I know that Messiah called Christ is coming. I know that the Messiah is coming. And when he comes, he will explain everything to us. And then Jesus declared, I, the one speaking to you, I am he. The one you're looking for is in your presence. The one you're looking for has been made known to you. Again, notice the progression of her revelation. She was a man. Or, or he was a, Jesus was a man. Then she saw him as a prophet. And now she's seeing him as the Messiah. As the Christ. Do we see Jesus for who he is? Is he just a man? Is he just a prophet? Or is he the Christ, the Messiah, that died on the cross for the salvation of our sins? Where is He in your life? Verse 25, the, this woman that, that everybody was avoiding, the woman that was staying clear of society, she was the one looking for the Messiah. It's interesting, she says, I know that the Messiah is coming. She was looking for Him. She was in the place of despair. She was in a place of hurt and heartache and grief and sorrow and she was looking for Him. And maybe the people in the town, things were going okay and they had their blinders on. They weren't care, caring. They didn't look for Him. They had no desire for Him. But you see, when, when, when she sees Jesus, her natural response was to go and to tell others that she had found Him. She, told, she, she couldn't hold it back anymore. That welling up, that overflowing of, of, of the, the living water was flowing out from her. It says in verse 27, it says, Just then His disciples returned and were surprised. Of course they were. They were surprised to find Him talking with a woman. But no one asked, What do you want or why are you talking with her? And then leaving her water jar, leaving her water jar, the woman went back to the town and said to the people, Come and see. Come and, and see a man who told me everything I ever did. Could this be the Messiah? And they came out of the town and, and made their way toward him. So think back through the story here. Why did the woman go to the well? She had no husband. She was having to do, to do it herself. But she went to the well to get water. She left the well without her jar of water, amen? But she left with a soul filled with the overflowing living water, amen? Praise God for that. Do you have that living water in your life right now, or are you still thirsty? Are you thirsting today, or are those in your family thirsty? Those in your neighborhood thirsty? Co-workers, classmates, strangers, are they thirsty? Indeed they are. Indeed they are. 
Folks, our community is thirsty. Our, our nation is experiencing a spiritual drought and in need of living water. Our world is thirsty for Jesus. Our world is thirsty. And so are we willing to equip ourselves to share the truth that Jesus is the living water? What will we say to others that need a drink of the living water? Listen closely to the words of this rejected woman, the words that she used to tell her story. She simply said, come and see. Come and see. Church, it's that simple. All we have to do is tell others to come and see what Jesus has done in our life. What has He done in your life? What's He done in, in your heart? What is the hope that He has, has given you? The psalmist writes in Psalm 107, says, Give thanks to the Lord, for He is good. His love endures forever. Amen. Verse 2, Let the redeemed of the Lord tell their story. Amen. Let the redeemed of the Lord tell their story. Their story. The psalmist is telling us that if we're a believer in Christ, the redeemed of the Lord, we're to tell our story, to come and see. You see, this woman at the well told the people what Jesus did in her life. Jesus told me everything that was going on. Jesus told me everything about my history. And He gave me the living water. Come and see. What is it in, in your life? What is it in, in your life that, that God has, has done to give you that hope and the, the new beginning that you have? Let the redeemed of the Lord tell their story. Folks, when we experience the, the fear of, of confrontation or when we feel ill-equipped or inadequate, we've got to remember that, that no one can argue with our story. You see, when, when, when God comes in, when Jesus, when the Holy Spirit comes in and changes our life and changes our heart and gives us a new life and a new beginning, nobody can refute that. That is your story. Your story is, is unique unto yourself. How can we be ashamed of what God has done for us? Nobody can tell us any different. And when, when, when she told her story, she said, come and see. Jesus came to her and, and He saw her and He quenched her thirst for eternity. In verse 39, this is powerful. It says, many, many of the Samaritans believed. Verse 39, many of the Samaritans from the town believed in Him. They believed in Jesus. Why did they believe in Jesus? Because of her. Because of this outcast person at the well went back and, tell, and told them. They, she went back and told her story to the people. She went back and said, this man has told me everything I ever did. And she found that peace and she found that hope. 
And as a result of sharing her story, it says many Samaritans believed. Many people in the town believed because she told them, shared with them, conveyed to them all that Christ had done for her. And just as God used her, we see throughout Scripture, see throughout history, even up until today, even as, as God used this woman and her story, He will use ours. He will use yours. He will use your story of how He changed your life to bring people into the kingdom of God. And then watch this, verse 40 and 42. It says, So when the Samaritans came to Him, they urged Him to stay with them, and He stayed two days. And because of His words, many more became believers. And so she went and told them, a lot of them came, a lot of them believed in her testimony, and then others came and heard his story, heard more of his teachings over the next two days, and it says many, many people believed. Verse 42, it says, And they said to this woman, We no longer believe just because of what you said. Now we have heard for ourselves. And we know that this man really is the Savior of the world. You see, now they had their story. What is their story? Oh man, I was just sitting at home minding my own business and this, you know, this woman we don't think much of came and told us that everything that she did had piqued our curiosity and we had to go see. I mean, it was an incredible story. And so we went out to see this man she was talking about and lo and behold, he's the real deal. He's the real man. He changed my life too. Come and see. Let me share with you how he's changed my life. Because of her story, many came. And because many came, many had their own story. Folks, people have come to Christ. You have come to Christ. You have your story. And when you go out to share your story, people will come. And they will have their own story. And that's how we light the world. Amen. That is how we light the world. They had their own story. They said, come and see. When was the last time we invited someone to say, and said, come and see? People all around us need to discover their own story. Amen. They need to hear our story. Because in the world we live in, we don't, people don't think it's real. But when they see the life of a changed person, they want us to find out what happened. They want to see what caused the change. And they'll come and see. Folks, Jesus, Jesus loves you. And He wants you to experience that living water. He wants you to be welling up and overflowing with that living water where we can go out and, and share our story with other people so that other people can come and see. Because this is a dark world. And people need the Lord.
people need the Lord. People are hurting. People are lost. Is that you this morning? Are you living in darkness? Or are you living still thirsty? Still desiring something that the world can't feel? The Lord Jesus says, come to me. You see, He is the only one that can do that. He is the only perfect person to ever live. He is the only person that died and shed His blood for, the, for our sins, for our unrighteousness, for our wickedness and evilness. He was the only one that was raised after three days to live in eternity. To give us that hope of an eternal resurrection too. That we would have life forever with Him. God's Word said if you believe that in your heart and you confess it with your mouth that Jesus is Lord, that you'll be saved. Is that you today? Are you needing that today for you? I, I pray that this morning, if you're here today, if you're watching online, that if you've never received Jesus as your Lord and Savior, that you would do so today. That you would have that abundance of overflowing water, living water in your heart. Amen. That is how our story begins. That's how your story can begin. Oh, I ran across this preacher on the internet down in Earl. And I was sitting there in the spring of 2022. Let me tell you how God changed my life. He invites us to come and see. Taste the Lord and see that it is good. During our hymn of invitation, come just as you are. That's the way Jesus wants us. To come just as we are. To receive His goodness. To receive living water. Maybe today to commit to the Lord. Yes, I need I need to make my story known. During our time of invitation, I'd invite you to come and pick up one of these. Pray over it. Allow God to speak to your heart about how He wants to use you. Because He does want to. He wants us for, to invite people to come and see that He is good. Father, You are a good, good God. Forgive us, Lord, that our lips have been sealed. God, that we've tried to quench the Holy Spirit in our quietness. Father, today we pray, God, that you would prize open our mouth and our hearts, Lord.
that we would receive the Holy Spirit, that we would receive that living water, that it would well up in us, God, that we would be filled with overflowing, overflowing with the life-giving good message of how you changed our heart, the hope that you gave us. God, that we might invite people to come and see. Receive our prayers, God. It's in your holy and precious name that we pray. Amen.